This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Alice Dempster. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Friday the 17th of November. In your squiz today, a crackdown on convicted immigrants, Optus faces the music, self-care for schoolies, and a wrap to wrap up the week. This is your squiz today. It was a fast and furious day in federal parliament yesterday, Claire. Strict new visa conditions for 84 detainees who have been released from immigration detention over the last seven days have been passed after the Albanese government agreed with the coalition's proposal. But before we get into that, just remind us how we got here. Yeah, so on Wednesday last week, the High Court ruled that non-Australian citizens can't be indefinitely detained if they're unable to be deported from Australia. That overturned a precedent and it left the Albanese government a bit flat-footed in its response. So the temperature really has risen quite a bit on this issue over the last week. Just to give you an example of one of the men who have been released, Cyril as Umar was convicted of murdering a woman in Malaysia in 2006, but he escaped and he came to Australia. But our government couldn't send him back to Malaysia because he faced the death penalty there. So he's been in immigration detention for nearly nine years until last week. This group is packed with cases like this. There are other murderers, also rapists and child sex offenders who have now been released into the community. They were in immigration immigration detention because our government didn't want them here in Australia, but the High Court said that they had to be released if they couldn't be sent away. And it isn't just those 84 people. The Solicitor General, Stephen Donoghue, says up to 340 others could also be allowed out. So it has been a contentious issue in Parliament this week, and it led to the federal government introducing that legislation yesterday. Yeah, they did that after agreeing with amendments from the coalition. The coalition said that they would support the measures if there were more strict things put in place, things like enabling authorities to monitor this group's movement with ankle bracelets, also imposing curfews and restrictions on how close they could come to children. Um, They said that that's to ensure community safety. And if any in that group break those conditions, they could face jail time, according to this new legislation. Um, Still, the coalition leader, Peter Dutton, says the measures don't go far enough. He says that they should be returned to detention as soon as possible. The Albanese government did argue against the detainees being released in the first place, but said they ultimately couldn't prevent it given the High Court ruling. The Home Affairs Minister Claire O'Neill and Immigration Minister Andrew Giles say the conditions are significant and that extra legislation may be considered if more detainees are released. If you happen to be heading to San Francisco this weekend, you might come across a world leader or two. They're, of course, being hosted in the city by US President Joe Biden for the APEC Summit. That's the Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation. I would like to be heading to San Francisco this weekend. (laughs) That sounds like a rather nice thing to do for the weekend. (laughs) Alas, I'll be in Australia. Um, But where they're up to with APEC is that the leaders have dined together. Uh, They have this big dinner before they head 
of their day of big meetings. That's happening on Friday US time, so we'll see that unfold across Saturday. Uh, The big takeout yesterday, though, was the meeting between Biden, uh, the US president, uh, and Xi Jinping from China. They sat down for four hours and they say they made some real progress on a lot of issues. The big takeout was that they're going to re-establish military communications. They also talked about the situation in the Middle East and things like the rise of artificial intelligence. There are a couple of awkward moments, though. Uh, Joe Biden reminded Xi Jinping that his wife's birthday is next week. (laughs) She said that he'd forgotten that because he's pretty busy and Biden remembered because he actually shares the same birthday with Xi's wife. So that was a bit awkward. Uh, Also, Biden in his press conference after the meeting agreed with one of the journalists that she is a dictator. So that was a bit awkward as well. Yeah, just a little bit awkward. And PM Anthony Albanese is also there. He's had a crazy schedule of international travel lately, but he says it's important that he's there at APEC at a time of global uncertainty. The leaders will get together again tonight, our time, for their main meetings. Today's the day Optus CEO Kelly Bayer-Rosmarin will appear in front of a Greens-led Senate committee. They're set to grill her on what exactly happened when the network crashed last week. And that's going to be interesting to hear because there are conflicting stories about exactly what did go down. Yesterday, Singtel, which is the parent company, the Singapore-based parent company of Optus, said that it wasn't a botched software upgrade that caused that outage. That's an issue because because earlier this week, Optus seemed to confirm that that was the case. And certainly unnamed insiders say that Singtel had pushed an update and that was what caused things to shut down. Uh, So to have the parent company come out, particularly the day before Bayer Rosmarin is going to go before that Senate committee again, another awkward moment. Um, Also a bit awkward because there are lots of questions about what happened and also about their preparedness to deal with big meltdowns. Yeah, they have a little bit to work through then. And also adding to the pressure are questions about Bayer Rosmarin's position at the company. This morning, the Financial Review has it splashed across its front page that she's considering resigning. A message now from our podcast partner, BHP. The steel made from iron ore plays an important role in providing the production of our energy infrastructure, from wind turbines to power poles. So cutting carbon emissions in iron ore production is key. It's why BHP has committed to a solar and battery agreement to help power its port facilities at Port Headland. It's happening now at BHP. A very good morning to you if you're a sports fan because we've come out on top in both cricket and soccer overnight. Yeah, isn't that a good way to start Friday? <laughs> so our men's cricket team beat South Africa by three wickets. There were 16 balls remaining in their efforts to do that. It means that we go through to the World Cup final on Sunday night against India. Uh, India, of course, are the home team, so they're going to be very difficult to beat. Um, even last night against South Africa, there were 130. 
30,000 fans at the stadium. So it will be absolutely epic. Australia taking on India on Sunday night. So definitely a good one to tune into. Uh, it's our eighth World Cup final. South Africa, though, have never made it past the semi-finals. So a very sad day for them. And in soccer, the Wallaroos walloped Bangladesh 7-0 in Melbourne last night in their World Cup qualifying game. Those who know a lot more about men's soccer than we do reckon we should qualify for the 2026 World Cup pretty easily, but we're just at the start of the process. If you know any teens who just finished their Year 12 exams, you know they're prepping to flock to the Gold Coast and Byron Bay for two weeks of hardcore partying for schoolies. But it sounds like it might be a little less hardcore than in years gone by, Claire. Yeah, and that's because reports say that Gen Z, Gen Z, if you really fancy, <laughs> that those kids are ditching alcohol fueled debauchery uh, that historically has been tied to events like schoolies, which are really where kids have their first taste of freedom outside of school and outside of parents and travelling away with friends. But apparently these days, more alcohol-free and wellness-friendly celebrations are taking place. So more wholesome local options there to choose from, like yoga and self-care <laughs> journeys. Uh, there is one that has been put together, though, on the Sunshine Coast, which is a four-day self-care journey, including yoga, meditation, also mocktail making and Zumba. Uh, those sorts of events seem to be popping up more and more for this group. Yeah, Zumba was around when I finished Year 12, Claire, but I don't know if that's that's how I would have celebrated graduating school. <laughs> that one you just mentioned is run by a meditation teacher named Michelle Eccles. She says her goal is to help kids cope with anxiety and stress so they can prepare for the real world without turning to coping mechanisms. So I guess that is a worthwhile reason. I'm not going to say anything about that. <laughs> Friday lights, Claire, what have you got for us? Look, I've had one of those weeks where all I've eaten is Vegemite toast. I think I've had that for breakfast and for dinner probably on four days, which really isn't much of an achievement, I have to say. Uh, so I am actually really craving something very fresh and delicious. So tonight I'm going to be making some sang choy bao, uh, of course that delicious fresh crispy lettuce, a little bit of pork mince and some really delightful water chestnuts. Can't wait for it. I need something nice to eat. I'll pop that recipe in the episode notes today. And it's been another big news week, but Claire, you and Kate are on hand to take everyone through it in the weekly wrap. Yeah, hasn't there been a bit of news around? So yeah, Kate and I have had plenty to speak about. Uh, we're going to be talking about, of course, lots of things this week, including uh, what's happening with the rise of anti-Semitism and Islamophobia. That, of course, has been a big issue that we haven't tackled in Squiz today. Weekly wrap is a really good place to have a more nuanced discussion about these sorts of things. Also, how about the UK former Prime Minister David Cameron coming back. So we'll talk a bit about that as well. Uh, some recommendations and a couple of bits and pieces too to get you ahead of next week. So yeah, weekly wrap, that'll be out at 6am tomorrow morning. And that'll be in your Squiz Today podcast feed. That's it for us today. Have a great weekend and we'll be back with you on Monday. G'day, I'm Kate Watson, co-host of News Club. 
News Club this week was an interview with Lauren Sams. She's the fashion editor at the Australian Financial Review. She's all over the business of fashion and retail, so I pulled her in to talk to us about fast fashion and ultra-fast fashion. In particular, businesses like Timu and Shein, who in Australia alone are on track to record more than $2 billion in sales. Here's a clip from that conversation. What is happening is that it's recalibrating fashion as a single-use item. Mm. So when you think about something that's 6 or $7, you know, my, I bought coffee this morning and that was $5.50. And that that's a single-use item to me. You know, I, I have my coffee. Like actually is, like you cannot use that twice. No. <laughs> and so when you're talking about a dress yeah. that's sort of an equivalent price – People equate it with something that doesn't need to be valued. Um, You don't need to wear it again. To listen to the full interview, just search for News Club in your podcast app and hit follow.